The world doesn't need another D&D podcast, but you do. Welcome to Durgans and Dargans. I'm your Dungeon Master, Ben. Joining me again is Matt. Hi, my name is Matt, and I'm going to be playing Jet, the Gnome Fighter. Also joining me today is Charles, once again. I'm Charles, playing Runal Surname, the Human Wizard. And of course, as always, there is Aaron. Yep, I'm Aaron. Uh, I'm playing Darren Buccaneer, the Minotaur Sorcerer. We are a D&D podcast for the whole family, so long as your whole family is into intense, bloody adventures. We take Dungeons & Dragons seriously, but we're not about to teach your six-year-old any unfortunate vocabulary words. This is still part of our introductory batch of episodes, so there's no listener interactions yet. But don't worry, folks, we'll get around to begging you for five stars, tweets, shares, reviews, and whatever platform we end up posting on. Now, to the story. A daring attempt to wrest power from an evil tyrant was rudely interrupted by massive beams of nothingness descending from beyond the heavens with the words posted for the whole universe to read, Demolition of Universe NL-404 by Zachary Farsker Contractors. Thank you for using ZFC for all your universe removal needs. Questions, complaints, and commissions? Contact ZFC Incorporated on level 154-761. Coming soon, Divine Condominiums. Real, real quick, you said, Ben, it was NL-what? NLL-404. I'm taking notes here, just because I feel like... Is that our, uh, our routing number or something? No, I thought, like, if I typed it into a calculator, it might spell one of those unfortunate vocabulary words. <laughs> <laughs> I want to really take detailed notes, but honestly, Jed is never going to remember it, so... Fair enough. <laughs> My laziness is a character choice. Is that our job number? Is we're just, uh, that's, that's this job's designation number? Uh, it is universe NLL-4. Oh, okay, so this is, this is our this is our world is... Okay. We're like Earth-616. Right. Exactly. Is that one Marvel or DC? I can remember. Marvel. Right. The world, the universe, is in Bedlam. The screaming is so loud and long that you fear it will destroy the universe that is already being destroyed. Far above you, you hear the thunderous rumble that you can only imagine is the scream of a god in despair. In the square of Halting Stream City, the only emotion is panic. Hotelay's scream and clutch Freedom Brigade fighters no longer enemies, only victims of this cataclysm. As the beams of nothingness multiply and descend through the universe, you notice something. Some things buzzing around like insects. Sailing ships, sailing in the air. You see one, then another, and another, zooming around, sometimes seeming to touch the ground and then returning to the sky. As you notice them, one of them zooms down, much larger now that it is closer up, and lands behind the walls of the Hotelay family grounds. Then another zooms down, almost too quick to see its shape, and lands on the top of the city hall. What do you do? Shoot, I forget how far away are we from City Hall? Uh, you're you're right next to City Hall and right next to the Hotelay family grounds. Right. Both of them are about 100, 200 yards away from where you are now in the center of the city square. What can we? Well, besides the obvious panic and disarray, is there like a clear path to sit to City Hall? Is there or is path disintegrated? There, there are 
uh, crowds of people milling about. There are beams of nothingness scattered around. There is a large beam kind of in the center, very near to you guys. There's a beam that destroyed the Hotelay family box and the Freedom Brigade fighters that were there. Um, there's a couple smaller beams descending, a couple that have descended. They, they are in varying sizes, um, but others are coming down uh, at a steady pace. Can we see, like, anyone we know is still alive? Is Malgamir or... Um... I think Malgamir was with us, so I think he's still alive, but... Um... Malgamir was with you. He is, he is still alive. What's his name? Harrington? Harrington, Harrington got taken away. All the Hotelays got taken away. You do see Malgamir. You see a couple Freedom Brigade fighters that you do recognize from your time with the Freedom Brigade. Um, but as of right now, everyone's just freaking out. Malgamir is standing there in shock. Is he still bound? Yeah, you guys never untied him. You never untied Malgamir. Well, I mean, that's not entirely our fault. I can't be the... I, I wasn't the only one who was distracted, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, no, don't worry about it. Um, Jet, how much do you weigh again? That's a great question. <laughs> probably, I mean, probably less than you, to be honest. I, I would assume so. I'm about 300 in this campaign. Yeah, but you're he's a big boy right now, right? Or are you a tiny boy? Oh, yeah. I oh, forgot right. where we're at. I am... That's right. So, yeah, so maybe we should set the stage a little bit. Am I still disguised as an executioner? Yes. Uh, if you never dropped that disguise, then yes, you absolutely are. I can't remember from... We will say that you still have the hood and everything. Yeah, I don't remember you ever specifically saying that you dropped the disguise or threw it off. Yeah. Yeah. Because we kind of got strewn up in the fight pretty quick. And if I did drop it in all the chaos, I somehow found an extra spell slot and I cast it again. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Wait, when the go. DM wasn't looking. Yeah, I'll allow that. I'll be honest, I don't remember, so it's fine. All right, so uh, what are we doing? Where are we going? What's the plan? It seems like City Hall is where to go, although is that going to be futile? Yeah, going behind the house seems, like, risky. I don't I don't remember what Jet was doing <laughs> in this combat, but um, he's just kind of... Oh, well, he's actually... He's giant, so he was like, I don't care, so what, let's get out of here. So I'm going to... Jet is just going to grab Malgamir, and there's no time to think. He's running to City Hall. Yeah, I like that plan. Uh, Runa will follow. Darren Buccaneer is following me as well. As you are charging towards City Hall, you are narrowly missed by a beam of nothingness, and there's another one that's quickly coming down directly in front of you. What do you do to dodge out of the way in the thick crowd? Jed is just gonna push them out of the way. He's this is he's like I'm he's big, so he's gonna use his strength. And okay. uh, Runel is gonna stay as close as possible to Jet's back to cur- to try and um, you know as he as Jet is going through the crowd. I'm assuming there's gonna be like a gap um, that behind ends Jet. up happening right behind him, and Runel's gonna do everything he can to stay in that gap. This is Runel's signature move. Yeah, it seems to be just you know <laughs> stay. As closely to the behind of his larger companions. 
Yes. Okay, there we go. Uh, and Darren, what, how are we How are we getting through the crowd, and how are we avoiding this beam of nothingness? Misty stuff would have been super ha- helpful to have right now. Um, You'll well, get there. I'm a monitor. I'm huge. I, uh, I just kind of... Uh, I'm forgetting my calling as a divine soul sorcerer, and I am shoving everyone out of the way. All right. Uh, Jet and Darren, please make strength checks for me. Uh, Runel, make a make an acrobatics check. Because I'm because I'm now size large and because of giant's oh, might, I get advantage. Yes. yes, please go ahead. Advantage. That probably saved me. Runel's got a seventeen. This brand new die is off to a bad start. I got a ten. That's all. I also have a seventeen. Okay. Uh, so, Jet, you manage to force your way slowly through the crowd with Runel right behind you. You narrowly avoid this beam of nothingness. Darren, you are able to avoid the beam, but you get tangled up with a large man who just grabs you and clings onto you uh, for, a, for a moment, for dear life, screaming and screaming and screaming. Uh, please roll initiative. You are now in a light combat. Do better this time, die. All right, initiative. Yes. Oh dear, that's a thirteen. Yeah, he rolled a two, so you go oh, first. Okay. Um, so he is. Um, so you are already grappled at this point, so you can make an attack roll, uh, but you are not going to be able to move until the grapple ends. That's how grappling works, right? Hmm? He can't move. Yeah, that's all it does. Yeah. Which is still pretty scary when he's about to be blown to smithereens. I'm going, so I'm like, he's grabbing onto me. Any specific, like, forearm, like, all of me? He has, he has grabbed you around the waist, and like, and he's like kind of holding onto your legs, um, sort of thing. He's like half kneeling, half like, and, and he's like starting, he's freaking out so much that he's starting to like claw at you and start to hit at you. I, uh, which is why you're in combat. feel awful for this. But I just, hands together, bring my enclosed hands upon his head. Like, right down on his head. Alright, uh, make an unarmed strike. That is, uh, I have proficiency with that, so that's, ooh, that's a 16. That hits. Um, in this, I'm gonna say in this chaos, he's not thinking non-lethal. Okay. Um, so... For unarmed, that's a 1d6, correct? Or a 1d4? It's, yeah, one plus, it's just one plus strength modifier. Okay, uh, be... Unless you are an unarmed fighter or something, or a monk or something like that. That would be three. It's just, yeah. All right, uh, you you hit him hard on the head, and, and he lets go. But as he lets go and kind of falls back into the crowd, he does attack you. He rolls a 18. That hits. As soon as that ha- that happens, can I do something about this? Yes, go ahead. I am going to. Assu- Jed is going to turn back and see what's going on. I was like, oh, no. You ain't going to do that to my friend. He's going to activate his cloud rune, where when okay. a creature I can see within 30 feet of me is hit by an attack roll, I'm going to use my reaction to invoke. Th- to uh, redirect the target of the attack to someone else. Okay. Anyone else? To any anyone else within range, of course. Okay, there's like several people around. 
I'm just one of them. I've <laughs> Jet is not as conflicted as as Darren is, and he's just gonna find the closest person to whoever's uh, nearest to beam of nothingness and redirect it to them. Man, that's cold. I love it. Yeah, you he redirects your move redirects this man's fist and he open hand slaps this young teenage boy and that boy goes toppling into the beam of nothingness and disappears. Darren, you're free. Now we are getting closer to the gates of the city hall. You guys see two guards rush into the doors of the city hall and they start to close them. What do you do? How far away are you from the doors roughly? Uh, You're about 15 feet. You're at the bottom of the steps. Because what I want to do is I want to use my charge action. Oh, no, wait, I can't unless... Oh, I have to be 20 feet away. Never mind. Wait, I thought... Isn't isn't the object that we saw come out of nowhere on top of the building? The, the ship. The ship you saw sailing through the air landed on top of the building. Remember there's, like, gates around the main building? Ah. Well, so there's two ships that you saw come down. One came down be- behind the Hautelet family wall. The, the wall around the Hautelet family estate. And the other came down on top of City Hall. I mean, are you tall enough to step over the wall right now, Jet? There's not a wall around City Hall. There's a wall around the Hautelet family grounds. You are at the City Hall. Then, if the gates are closed, uh, is Jet tall enough to lift us to the top? The gates are in the process of being closed. Oh, then I dash forward. As you know, I, 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 I take five, five, I almost like go back a bit so I can get a better running start to charge, uh, and dash into these two fools closing the gate and see how far I can shove they, them. They are inside closing it. The door opens outward. So they are closing it from the inside. If you charge into this gate, this door, you're just going to close it. Oh, that's fair. Can you attempt to smash through it? Uh, I don't know if I'm that strong. No, then I'm going to dash forward and try and, like, on both sides, like, grab the sides of the door. Like, the grab the center of the door and just try and pull it open again. Okay. All right. Uh, so you are charging forward. Please make... We'll just call it a strength contest. They are going to roll with advantage because there's two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're a big, strong dude, so let's try this. Uh, that's an 18 for me. Uh, they rolled much lower than that. You you yank the doors so hard that these guards come out and come stumbling down the steps. In fact, they start rolling down into it. Uh, can I get an athletics check from Jet and... Did I say athletics check? Yes, you did. Probably should have been acrobatics. Call it athletics or acrobatics, whichever you prefer. Uh, It doesn't matter what I call it, because I got a net one. That is a 24 for athletics. Could I borrow some of that? (laughs) All right. Jet, you just kind of have your feet, your massive feet at this point, firmly planted on the steps. The guard rolls down, bumps into your leg, and then just rolls off the steps onto the ground. Runal. hey this, this guard smashes into you, and you guys are both about to go plummeting off the side of the steps and into a beam of nothingness. Jet, you are faced with a tricky choice here. You're going to have to make a quick dexterity roll and... Depending on the role, something's going to happen. You are either going to uh, lose Runel, you're going to lose Malgamir, or you're going to lose both. 
Can I put down Malgamir and, just, and then, or throw him down and then go to grab Bruno? No, you only have time for you only have time for one. If if you make a good enough dexterity check, you can grab both. But let's find out. Okay. Oh dear. Okay. Well, it fell out of my hands when I but it rolled somewhat. But uh, fate will will transpire as it seems to wish, because uh, that's an eight, a nine, total of nine. All right. Who gets dropped? Wait, you're giving me the choice? I'm giving you the choice. Who gets dropped? <laughs> you um, must decide. <laughs> yeah, who, who gets dropped? I mean, do you want input from your friends? Because I have some ideas on who you might want to save. <laughs> yeah, and just just a heads up. Um, just yeah, just just letting you know if um, if Runel falls into the beam and you keep Malgamir, Charles, you're gonna have to play as Malgamir from now on. <laughs> the character who's about to die anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. I mean, uh, not that I'm trying to meta game, but I know Jet is very, very practical thinker, and he's gonna and realistically, he's gonna be take a quick look at Malgamir and say, "Say, live a good life. Oh, oh, enjoy, enjoy the end." He tosses, he tosses him off, and then pulls up and goes to help Runel. Alright, you... What basically ends up happening is you reach over and grab Runel with the hand that was holding Malgamir, and you say these words as Malgamir falls down and... Which... You guys never untied him, by the way. Mm-hmm. He falls down on his feet, and because he doesn't have his hands free, he stumbles off the steps and falls into the beam of nothingness and vanishes. The doors are open, you guys go charging into the city hall, and you see a broad set of stairs going up one side of the room, leading towards the upper stories and the roof. I dash towards the stairs. I'm going to assume you all do that. This makes too much sense for it not to happen. As you are charging up the stairs, a beam of nothing descends up very sharply. Uh, down towards this through the top of the building and takes out half of the stairs. I'm gonna need some uh, dexterity checks. I'm gonna need some acrobatics checks for you guys to sneak around it. Um, acrobatics. Oh, this die is coming in handy. That's a 16. Got a 10 for Runal. 19. Wait, did you shrink to get into this building? Or how tall are you? I'm still like six, seven, eight feet tall-ish. I just ducked. Okay, okay. All right. I'm large. I'm not huge. Yeah, I'm, I'm six, nine. You're about, you're a little bit taller than me right now. Yeah. I want to say you're like seven and a half feet. Sure. I want to give you that. It's, um... Well, you are a gnome going up to uh, a larger character. Also, I... That's, it, that's fair. Total tangent, but this is... Uh, by the square cube law, <laughs> speaking of nerding out, I started at 40 pounds. I probably, because of that big size, I'm probably like over 300 pounds now. Yeah, probably. Hmm. All right, so what did everybody roll? Uh, I got a 16. Okay. Runel got a 10. Jet got a 19. Okay. okay. So, Runel, you pass 
very, very close to this beam of nothingness, and, uh, like, the hem of your robe passes into it, and it, it vanishes. Like it was, like it was cut off by some kind of amazing razor. It just, the, the hem of your robe is just not there anymore. Um, and like it's, it's parts of it are threatening to unravel because it's just as if it never was. Um, but you guys do manage to make it around the beam of nothing, nothingness and go charging up the stairs. You make it to the second floor of the building and there are two people in the hallway, two big burly men with clubs who are standing there and behind them is a frightened looking man with very rich looking robes. And he says, I don't know what's going on, but you're not going to get to me. Get them, get them, Brutus, Otis, go, charge. Roll for initiative, everybody. Oh, fun, four. 11. Also an 11. Okay. Brutus rolled a 19. Otis rolled a 2. My wow. dex modifier is a 0 if you need that. Oh, ouch. Uh, so, yeah. So, it's going to be uh, Brutus, Jet, Runel, Darren, Otis. Brutus charges forward, raises his cudgel, and he attacks the Minotaur. A six does not hit your armor class. No, it does not. All right. Brutus rolled. He got a six. His arm swings wide, and he he's charging forward. And ended up with a little too much momentum, and he he misses you with his swing. All right, Jet. Where are we going with this? Do I see any way for us to an exit that would be my? Yeah, is there an exit in the room that we can we can get out of here? There is just, there's a long hallway ahead of you. There's a few doors on the right, but you are actively engaged in combat. Right. And at the end of that hallway, you see the stairs leading up to the roof. Okay, cool. Uh, Jet is going to, uh, was one of, is that guy just attacked, is he like in, uh, in front of, in Darren's face? He is in Darren's face, yeah. Okay, so he's gonna, he's gonna, (coughs) he's gonna charge up to him. Um, and try to like do a pummel tackle him just as a as an unarmed strike, and then he's gonna attempt what as he's gonna pummel him and then attempt to to, to um, grab him by the waist like a fo- football charge and then grab him. I can words. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, so make your attack roll, and if the attack connects, you he will be grappled. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I can I can grapple as. Um, if I hit this arm round strike, I can uh, bon- use a bonus action to attempt to grab. Right. Uh, yeah, that th- that's twenty six. Yeah, that hits. Okay, and I'll use my bone and oh yeah, damage for that. Uh, because I'm a rune knight, is one d eight plus three. It's seven bludgeoning damage. Yo. Okay. Uh, he yeah he takes. You hear a rib crack. Underneath your shoulder charge. Ooh. And then, and then, he, then he's and as part of that, he's gonna make a grapple as a bonus action. Okay. So, uh, like we did before, athletics versus his athletics or acrobatics. Okay. Make a roll. I have advantage, and that will be total of eighteen. 
He rolled a dirty 20. He manages to narrowly avoid getting grabbed. Like, you get your arms just about around him, but he, like, kind of half stumbles backward from the force of your blow and manages to escape your hands. All right, Runel, what are we doing? Runel's going to go. He's going to see this, and he is going to cast Firebolt at Mr. Brutus. All right. But he doesn't do a very good job, because he rolled a net one. You gotta switch uh, dice, man. You, you miss him, and you set a tapestry on fire behind him. Was it a good-looking tapestry? It was, and the room oh, is now starting to fill with smoke. Hmm. Splendid! Hmm. All right, so actually this... Uh, Darren, you actually go before Otis. You rolled a four, he rolled yep. a two. Hold on. So, Darren, what are we doing? Oh, how close is that fire? It's, I mean, it's like maybe seven feet away. It's not like fully, fully on fire yet, but it is starting to smolder and smoke and the flames are starting to lick up. I use control flame to instantly, uh, if it's within 60 feet, then within, like instantly, and then a five feet cube, I immediately extinguish the flame so it doesn't start burning anything else. And that is okay. a cantrip. Okay. Uh, do you do anything else? Uh, well, actually, ooh, I, think I, don't have, I don't think I have any sorcery points left because I only have... No, I have five at first level. I've got at least two left. Uh, I'm going to use my last two sorcery points to actually use Quicken Spell to use that cantrip. Okay. Um, so that's my bonus action. And then with my other action, I grab my hand axe and I swing at Brutus. Okay. That's a seven. I'm assuming that doesn't hit his armor class. That does not hit his armor class, yeah. no. I'm, uh, I swing kind of like Darren is having some serious doubts right now. And like he swings very half-heartedly and Brutus, like I'm imagining, just swiftly dodges out of the way. Yeah, he, he uses his cudgel to knock it out of the side pretty easily. So at this point, Otis rushes forward and he swings his cudgel at Jet because he sees you as a serious threat right now. Man, these guys are bad at this. He rolled a nine? Nope. No. Yeah, that doesn't hit your armor class. Um, okay, we are back to the top of the order with Brutus. He is going to attack, but as he does, he gapes in dismay as a beam of nothingness descends behind you guys and cuts off the stairs behind you. And some of the flooring beneath you starts to give way. He's going to attack, rolling a natural one, because the floor below him is starting to buckle and splinter. <laughs> what an uh, idiot. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to need everyone to roll a dexterity saving throw. Fantastic. Runel got a 16. Wow. Okay. 16 for Runel. Well, that's a 2, but I rolled a natural 1. <laughs> Let's give that a, a hearty, hearty uh, 7. Okay. Two of you really failed that. Yeah, we did. Runel, you managed to keep your feet. Darren and Jet, you are flung on your faces. Uh, you, are, you do not fall down, but you are completely knocked prone. Um... And you are just 
absolutely, uh, you're gonna you're gonna skip your next turns, and Otis is gonna get a chance to swing at you. Runel, it's your turn. You get to go before Otis does. Okay, very much aware of the danger he poses when he misses. Runel is now actually gonna switch to Acid Splash. Okay, um, who are you attacking, Brutus or Otis? Uh, who, They're both wh- directly in front of you. Well, I can actually choose two creatures as long as they're within five feet of each other. They are. Heck they are. yeah, they are. So they must succeed on a dex 13 saving throw. Okay, let's see here. One of them rolled a 13, and one of them rolled a 7. We're going to say Brutus rolled a 7. Well, Brutus Good is going to take 1d6 acid damage, which will be... Four points of acid damage. Alright, Brutus goes clutching at his eyes because you hit him in the face. He is not doing very well at all. Uh, Otis, seeing this, he takes his staff and he swings, or his he takes his cudgel and he swings with advantage at Darren because you are not prone. A dirty 20 definitely hits your armor class. So Otis does hit Darren, and his cudgel does... Wait, you remembered my... my armor class? What is yeah, it? does a dirty 20 hit your armor class? Yes. Yes, I, I thought so. Um, let's I'll not, allow it. Let's not play games here, or rather, let's play games. This is what we're doing here. <laughs> uh, he hits you for five points of damage. <laughs> Alright, we are back to the top of the order, and Brutus... Uh, is screaming as acid is splashed in his face, and then all of a sudden Brutus is not screaming or saying anything anymore because the door, the uh, flaming tapestry, and Brutus are all tapestry's not flaming. I put it out. Oh, that's right. The smoldering, <laughs> smoldering tapestry. It's yeah, the smoldering tapestry, the door that was leading off to your right, and Brutus are now all gone, replaced by a beam of nothingness. All right. Oh, lovely. Jets, I wasted that you cantrip. You are prone. You are not hit. Um, you are not... Um, Jet, you are prone. None of you, except for Brutus, were hit by the beam of nothingness. There is still a long stone hallway in front of you, and a man... Yeah, he he fled. He's off somewhere. You don't know where he is, the richly dressed man. Okay. Um, he probably ducked into a door somewhere. You can vaguely hear the sound of someone loudly sobbing. What do we do? The door's still there? Uh, the, there's a stairway at the back of the hallway that seems to lead up to the roof, leads up to a trap door. What do we do? Okay, so if we're clear of any of any danger, I just shout to everybody, let's get, let's get out of here. Wait a minute. Are we underneath? No, we can't be underneath the ship because the beam of nothingness would have had to go through it. So yeah, we go to the stairs. I mean, well, it's a large. Rooftop. Here's my. Yeah, you can't be directly under. My ship. concern is, <clears throat> we have these ships in the sky, shooting down yes. beams of nothingness. No, they're not shooting down the beams. Oh, they're not. The ships are like. I don't know. I, I, I've got a. Well, like no, we we said while the beams were coming down, the ships were flying around them. You did not see any beams coming from the ships. Most of yeah. the beams are far bigger than the ships. Okay. So that's why I'm thinking yeah. they're not gonna they're not coming from the ship and they're not going to hit the ships because the ships I, I've got a feeling the ships are observers. 
This is in no ways resembling a Vogon destructor fleet. This is entirely and legally distinct <laughs> from a Vogon constructor yeah, fleet. Yeah, Vogon, Vogon fleets were slow and stupid. We had to make the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference. I thought, I thought the <laughs> beams were coming from the ship, which is why I wanted to avoid the roof, but now you have fully convinced me roof is our best bet. Like a herd of turtles, Jet says. Let's get out of here. Uh, I think we should go faster than that. Just go, and Jess just starts booking it. Uh, Rudel follows. I follow. All right, you make it to the top. You uh, you go to open the trap door, and it it's not op- it's not budging very much. You can kind of open it a little bit, and you can see daylight through it. But it really does seem like something heavy is on top of it. Please, somebody, give me an athletics check to open this door. Uh. I think that's gonna be me. I mean, I've got plus four, but still it works. Certainly not gonna be the human wizard. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna beat out the person with cloud giant blood in them. Also, I or I'm, a minotaur. No, the minotaur is not gonna beat out the cloud giant. No, that's not, fair. Not this time. That's okay. Fair. That's a total of twenty-two. Dang. Yeah, that you fling it open, and a a large. Uh, block of strangely black stone is flung off to the side. You three go surging up through the trap door and standing next to what is a, I don't know, the size of a small sailboat, you see three men dressed in bright yellow and black coveralls uh, wearing some kind of helmet on their head with notepads in their hands, standing on top of City Hall and just observing. Or at least they were just observing until you burst up through the trap door and they turn around. These three men are standing before you and they seem very shocked that you were able to get up through the trap door under that, whatever that weight was. And to the left of them, you see their ship. How many are there? There are three of them. And uh, is there a clear, obvious gateway into the ship? Uh, yes, there is. There is a hatch into the ship with a little ramp leading down. The ship looks like some kind of sailing ship made from a dark, sleek wood, but with bright yellow stripes painted around the flat bottom of it and around the sides. The sail seems to be made from some kind of shimmering, yellow, translucent substance with the words Administration and Oversight written on it. As you are presented with this scene, one of the men turns to another and said, Wah! What, you didn't set the weight high enough on the brick. Ah, we're going to get in trouble for this one. And they all three draw uh, from their sides hand crossbows and take aim at you. Please, everybody roll for initiative. Oh, lovely. It's a 15. Take that. Um, 21. Dirty 20. What do we got, Runel? I'm sorry, 15. Ooh, wow, we did good this this roll. You all go in front of them. Sweet. Well, you all go first. How far uh, away are you're they? About, I want to say you're about 25 feet away, and uh, they are directly in front of you. They're not going to get a shot off just yet. You've surprised them enough. What do we do? And they're like left of the ship, so they're not between us and the ship, but they're they're like. They're not, they're not between you and the ship, uh, but they are standing like right next to it. If you tried to get into the ship, they're close enough that it would provoke an opportunity attack. Here we go, folks. Um, I 
would like to use. Uh, I would like to attack with my horns, but I would also like to use my bonus action to like dash with my horns. So it would be a 1d6 attack. And then I'd like to use my bonus action uh, to try and shove one of them, the one nearest to the ship, 10 feet backwards. That would push him off the edge. Yep. Can you do shove as a bonus action? Uh, yeah, you can make a bonus action uh, uh, on horns attack after dashing. If you move 20 feet or more as a bonus action, you can automatically shove 10 feet. Uh, any yeah, that's, creature that's you the hit. person that you any any creature that you hit. So you can't shove another one. Yeah, no, no, no. You can. Shove I just wanted to, but like, but this is specific. My bonus action is to shove the one closest to the ship 10 feet backwards. And- Oh, so you're attacking and shoving the one closest. To yes, and that's specifically because you're a uh, minotaur, right? Yes, that is. Or, that ordinarily, is shoving specific. is an action. Yeah, that, that's something specific to my big burly minotaur blood. Nice. All right, big like minotaur it. boy, go ahead and attack. Does a with my horns? Does a 18 hit? Yes, it does. Cool. That's one d six. Uh, that is four, four piercing damage. So, it's funny, you don't actually oh, wait, wait. hit him with the yeah. horns itself, you hit him in between the horns, but you hit him hard enough that he goes up into the air, off the side, and with a Wilhelm scream, ends up falling off the side of the building. He is gone. Alright, Jet, what are we doing? Jet is going to pull out of look through his repertoire of his kitchen tools that are hanging from his belt uh, and grab one of his um, big me- uh, meat cleavers, hand axe, and chuck it at one at one of the one of the two guys. Okay, all right, make a range attack throw. Uh, which I did, it's a hand axe, so it's using strength because I'm just chucking it. Okay. Um, so that could be 21. All right, that hits. And what I'm that is going to do a number of damage. Ooh, that's going to do a full um, nine damage. Ooh, okay. You hit him in the shoulder, and he starts bleeding hard. Uh, you don't hit him in his his uh, crossbow shoulder, but he does take a, a serious hit. That is not. He does not look good. And does he? Right, is Rudel, he still? Wait, wait, wait. Is he still standing then? Yes, he's still standing. Well, then, as part of that attack, as I'm going to invoke my fire rune to invoke to summon fiery shackles around him. Oh man! He instantly takes an extra two d6 fire damage. Okay, roll two d6 fire damage. Uh, that's eight. Okay, he goes down in a flaming mess. He catches on fire. His coveralls seem to be a little fire resistant, but he is not, and he just starts screaming and burning. All right, Runel. I say we what capture the doing? last one. Sorry. No, I, with I agree. I kind of liked the idea of keeping one of their uniforms. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Runel is... Hmm. Yeah, because I was thinking to kill originally, but it does seem like a good idea to... Uh, we might need a pilot. Right, right. Um... Runo's going to cast Charm Person. Ooh. Okay, he makes a wisdom saving throw? I believe so. So, for reasons known only to me as the Dungeon Master, uh, he makes this with advantage. Actually, he makes it with advantage anyway. If you or your companions are fighting it, oh, because you're already, already in combat. combat yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Well, there we go. For reasons known to everybody, he makes it with advantage. He rolls a 17. Yeah, that, uh... 
should I also say that Runel is looking rather charming today. So perhaps he should have disadvantage. That is true. He doesn't have the hat. <laughs> no, no, and actually, no, yeah, actually, he does still look like an executioner too. So maybe, maybe yeah, not exactly. as charming as I thought. No, no. Come on, you look, you look absolutely dashing in your uh, you, your, oh, you, your murderous executioner. You are way uniform. too kind, but I will take that to heart. Um, <laughs> okay, he he just kind of glares at you, knowing that you just tried to cast it on him, and he uh, pulls the trigger on his seeing you as very much of a charming threat. He pulls the trigger. <laughs> on his hand crossbow, and three arrows come shooting out of it. Does a 14 and 18 hit your armor class? Because I know a one doesn't. Yeah, they they sure do. So each of those arrows just simply does one damage. Yeah. You get hit twice with them. They're, they're small crossbow bolts. It fires a burst of three, and two of them go slamming into you, uh, doing two damage. All right. Darren, what are we doing? Oh, I'm back up? Sweet. Alright, um... I still think we should keep him alive. Um... Do I have anything Call that truce. Help me? Nope. Um... Hmm... I mean, whatever attack you can do, you can do it non-lethally. Yeah, I'm gonna... I'm gonna do a, just a, a strength... I wanna... I just wanna see if I can grab this guy. I wanna hold him, and just be like, You're taking us out of here! Okay, uh, so you're gonna try to grab him... And he's going to try to dodge out of the way. Please make an athletics check. Athletics? Yes. 19. Would you believe a dirty 20? Wow. So he dodges nimbly out of the way. Uh, Just immediately, boom, scoots to the side. All right, Jet, what are we doing? I'm just going to, like, Jet is going to, you know, put away his weapons, put up kind kind of a... uh, a trying to be genuine but not really uh, calming hand gesture. We're like, oh, cool it. Hey, truce. Hey, we, we took out two of your guys. It's three. It's three. It's three to one. Do it. And don't worry, we are not gonna hurt you. Even though he's <laughs> definitely lying about that. Uh, so, do we even need to have the character have an insight? Kind of like, is is it like, is it obvious that he's not gonna hurt him? Or is it uh, like <laughs> he turns to you and he speaks and he says, "I, I can't, I can't. It's against orders. It's against orders. No, you'll have to, you'll have to kill me." And he he readies another bolt in his crossbow. All right, um, is that? Well, would you say that takes my action to do that? I didn't make a check or anything. No, it's talking. It's talking. You can still attack. Okay. Well, then. All right, buddy. You asked for it, and so then I'm going then. Um, I'm gonna dash over of him and do and try to. I'm gonna punch him in the face, and if he try and if and if he's not down, I'm gonna grab him to get ready to punch him again, as in grab. All right, go ahead. Four, too many. Oh, too many stuff in my eyes because that's an eleven. Oh yeah, he he dodges out of the way, um, and just kind of like sidesteps to the side and gets ready to just shoot you point-blank with this crossbow. Runel, it's your turn. Uh, Runel is gonna cast Scorching Ray. <sighs> okay. Wow. Yeah, I ain't messing around. Uh, three... Isn't that fire like three times? Yeah, so mm-hmm. three 
uh, beams of fire come out of, um, well, this executioner's uh, outstretched arm. Actually, Rudolph has a wand, so it comes out of his wand, three rays of fire, all three of them just blast right towards this guy. And they attempt to hit his 10 AC? 10? No. Uh, no man. Yeah, Runo is, uh... No, no. Runo is not on fire tonight. Except for the things that he has accidentally set on fire. Is it for yeah. all three? Yeah. At really no one... Oh, wait, no wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It does say... You are right. It says make a ranged attack for each ray. So the first one definitely... Oh, there we go. Definitely goes wide. There we go. Uh, but the Let's second one... We could do oh, this. We could the do this. second one is a critical hit. Oh, my gosh. So does that mean that I double the dice? You still have to roll I still have to roll the third one. one, but do I get double dice damage on a spell attack? Yes. Oh, sweet. So that one's going to be 4d6 fire damage. So that's going to be 16. And then the third Scorching Ray. <laughs> I rolled a critical miss. Nice. Well, okay, you managed to... Yeah, you you set... There's a small, like, uh, bucket of arrows on the side of um, like a table next to these guys. Uh, it wasn't theirs. It seems like it was kind of set up there for like the town watch to have. And that starts burning. But the corpse of this man in the yellow coveralls falls to the ground. And he is very, very dead. That's so there much for stealing his uniform. Uh, three dead men. You know what's actually kind of funny about that? there are still two uniforms. The people burned inside of them, but the uniforms seem to be pretty much fireproof. Well, we knocked one guy off oh. the building. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, one of, the, one of, one them, of them is, them is, is now yeah, nothing. you're not getting that one. Yeah. One of them is completely nothing. Although, I, are these guys, like, normal-looking guys? Because I'm not sure a Minotaur and a Cloud Giant could fit into so, yeah, I was gonna say, Joe one of Schmo's the, outfit. Two of them were human. One of them looked to be an elf. Oh. The one that fell off the building was an elf. The other two were human. Yeah. Oh. Well, oops. Uh, Just grab him. Yeah, we're going to grab him, but uh, Runel is immediately going to put one of them on. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. You. Do I have a clipboard too? You smell. Yes, there is a clipboard. Yeah, take the uh, They dropped those at the beginning of the combat. You now. Um, it's funny. You see these beams of nothingness descending, but none of them are getting anywhere near the ship. The one that came down at the other end of the roof. Is um, is the one that was closest to that, uh, but none of the beams of darkness are or of nothingness are descending onto the ship. So you do have a minute to put this on. Uh, you can shake the ashes of the the burned up person out of it, but it still kind of smells a little roasty. Um, Jet, how long does your size increase last? I just checked it, and actually, it only lasts for a minute. But I do have a second use, so I kind of. Okay, so we'll say, that you've used used it it we'll say that you've used it twice now, but you're out. And so you're, um, you are actually now small enough that this uniform no longer fits you. So you were, you were too big, now you're too small. Um, but Runo you is uniform. just right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, so now, Runel, you're dressed in this, uh, these ridiculous fireproof leather cover or yellow coveralls. And you are now standing next to the ship. 
Yeah, we gotta check out this ship. Let's, uh, is the door open and... The door's open. Yeah, the, the, the hatch is, is still down. Let's, uh... Yeah. Let's climb on aboard the Magic School Bus, guys. Alright, you guys all pile onto the ship, and there is, like, a large glass dome over the top of it. Um, with this, that the mast is sticking up through with the sail on top of it. Uh, and you see, um... A steering wheel, several levers, you see two different uh, glowing magical orbs that seem like just the right distance for uh, someone to put their hands on. There are several uh, magical controls, you see some lanterns around, and you see a big red button labeled Emergency Return. Uh, also, you see, uh, hanging up by the door as you come in, three amulets that are uh, hanging up on hooks, and two lanterns that look like about the size you could fit in, a, fit in a one hand. I normally wouldn't ask this, but oh dear. because you used the word magical like 18 times in your description of the controls, could someone perhaps make an arcana check to see if they know anything about these controls and how to operate them? Absolutely. Because, like, let's say someone had a plus five to Arcana and really wanted to use it. No, that's, yes. that's You could definitely... <sighs> but what if they only rolled a five for a total of ten? What information would that get them? You are fairly certain that all of these things that I said were magic are magic. <sighs> See, guys? Paige that had me around. I'm going to roll an arch. <laughs> I'm going to roll an Arcana check as well while throwing on one of the amulets. If I, I can do that as a bonus action. Okay. All right, uh, go ahead. Roll Arcana check. Uh, I didn't do any better. I got an 11. Well, technically, okay. you did you do can better. Tell, <laughs> you can tell that the lanterns, the lanterns that you saw, they're about the size of, like, a large flashlight, mm -hmm. are uh, magical. Magical lanterns. Okay. And there are three amulets that are magical hanging on the hooks, and there's a lot of other magical stuff, but those things are... I'm still throwing on one of the amulets with practice of it. Okay. Uh, you put the amulets on, and on the front of it... There is a, um, a symbol that you don't quite understand, but as you put it on, you are filled with a vague sense of your own self-importance. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, your, your arcana check uh, identifies this as an amulet of minor bureaucracy. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me that's a charisma bonus. <laughs> uh, oh, no, absolutely not. You get very few bonuses from this, if any. Uh, oh, it fun. might have some RP rolls, well, but you are not getting. It's probably because it, it didn't probably didn't come with the certificate of authenticity. Which, if if you wanted to have that, you would have to fill out form I nineteen seven B. Take that down mm. to processing. They'll be able to uh, give you put you on a waiting list, um, and then they'll be able to do the appraisal to make sure that it actually is that. And then once you have that, there's a three week waiting period to actually get the certificate itself, and then maybe. <laughs> you would get some kind of bonus, but there's just, you know, yeah. a lot of red, a lot of red tape. Yeah. So it's, it's, it will give you bonuses if you are trying to impersonate a minor bureaucrat. Interesting. And you recognize these as ever glowing lanterns, which will give you, um, you know, it, you wouldn't have to light it like a torch. It's not going to set anything on fire. It's basically just a flashlight that shines like uh, yellow orange light. Also, you see on a panel next to the control panel a memo pad 
written, or a, a, yeah, a memo pad written with these words. For the sake of peace and civility in the junction, allow no personages to escape from the removal of universe NLL-404. Scavengers will be permitted and not interfered with, but do not allow them to remove sentience of any kind from the universe. Orders come from ON HIGH, all caps, and failure to comply will result in immediate termination. Well, seeing how they've already been terminated, I, uh, I think we're in the clear. Let's get out of here. Somebody, um, somebody give me one good reason why not to push that big red button. I, I figured Jet was going to be eyeing that button right from the beginning. Um, yeah. So I, I'm just going to nod to Jet, like, yeah, do it. It's time to get I out of here. I don't think we have a choice. I mean, you might might think we have a choice, but, but I really don't. And he just leans on it and boop. All right. Uh, a winch activates near the door and rolls up the ramp and shuts the door. A magical buzzing sound starts emanating from the sail above you and quick as a blink the ship shoots off into the sky automatically navigating around any beams of nothingness you see the world fly by beneath you you see trees rivers oceans deserts you see continents you didn't even know existed you pass over an enormous ocean for about 20 minutes until you end up flying over a small continent that None of you have ever seen on a map. You fly along this continent, along a large river, and up a mountain, and into an enormous cavern near the peak of the mountain, and then into a massive, pure white hallway with many columns, seemingly leading to nowhere. Then, in the blink of an eye, you are somewhere, somewhere else. Walls made from some strange dark stone flash by. You see pipes the size of rivers along the walls and pipes the size of hairs. There's a ceiling of strange green growth. Creatures in clothing that you recently saw, bright yellow coveralls, shout at you. You think you can hear the words, SLOW DOWN! But there's no time to notice as you crash into a brick wall the size of a cliff and the world, or whatever this place is, spins and goes gray. A quick thanks to Matt, Charles, and Aaron for being such great players. A quick thanks to my wife for being such a great sport and watching the kids while I play D&D. And a quick thanks to you, our listeners. You guys are pretty great. The following tracks were used with the permission of a free license through Incompetech Film Music. All music was composed by Kevin MacLeod. Here are the titles in order of appearance. Attack of the Mole Men Lost Time Arcane and Baba Yaga Thank you again to Kevin MacLeod.